You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and on today's episode, we're talking about WWE NXT TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam 2020, the post-show with special guest, returning special guest, Darren. So without any further ado, let's get this started and step into the ring. All right, guys, um, we're on the line with Darren. Yo. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to just wrap up uh, TakeOver and SummerSlam and, you know, go from there. What's going to happen? You know, we'll talk about the Keith Lee situation because I'm not too happy about what they did to my boy on Monday. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, go, all right. Well, what do you want to start with? Go ahead. You could pick. I mean, we can start with TakeOver, man. Let's start from the... Let's start from the beginning of the weekend. All right. So what was, I don't know, what was your favorite part about TakeOver? I think I know what you're going to say, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a real uh, villain, a real heel for you because I loved the Karrion Cross Keith Lee match. I think that this is what NXT is known for. It is surprising. It is the unexpected, the unpredictable talent on talent. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a Keith Lee guy. But Karrion Cross and Scarlett are doing something very special right now. Yep. And you've got to appreciate them getting the nod from NXT. This is a real early nod for Karrion Cross. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I agree. I mean, I think the match was good. Um, I didn't like the ending. I mean, it makes sense. Like, he did the Saito suplex off the top rope. But, like, he should have just put him in the cross jacket and had him pass out. Like that would have been so much better than just freaking suplexing him off the top rope. I mean, he does do that. He does do that. Saito suplex pretty damn good. So it's not a bad thing, but it's like, I feel like, yeah, exactly. And that's what I, that's what I didn't like. I'm like, dude, this match could have literally been five minutes and you could have, could have accomplished everything you wanted to. I think they dragged it out. And I get it. He did like the old school, like limb targeting thing. He was taking the arm and controlling the arm. And then he suplexed him off the top rope, suplexed him a few more times. It wasn't a yeah. bad match. There was nothing bad about it. And people who said it was bad, like, no, it's not bad. And we wanted carrying to carrying cross to win anyway. And he won. So yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, the question is though, the question is though. So he wins the title, right? That dude can't lose that dude can't lose that title for at least six months. Because anything from now, if he loses it like Keith Lee did, if Keith Lee loses it after one defense and then he Karrion goes on and loses it to somebody, there's nobody on that NXT roster right now that can beat Karrion Cross. I'm gonna say yeah, it. I think they're gonna give him a run. I think they're gonna give him a run. I think they're gonna be a little bit of back and forth between he and Keith Lee for a bit. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I don't know how they could even put that together because he won clean, man. He like he won clean. Yes, it was anticlimactic, and I think that because I'll be honest, like I wasn't even really paying attention when he won. I had to rewind it. Yeah, so I'm like, what did he do? Because you, when you watch wrestling for long enough, you know when to pay attention. So, like, yeah, I'll be honest. I was on Twitter or Facebook, one of my like wrestling groups, like making comments and reading comments and whatnot, and then like. I just heard one, two, three, and I looked up. We just happened because it was very anticlimactic. Yeah, and and like that's the thing. Like I like that he won the title, but he's not going to face Keith Lee again because Lee's on Raw now. So it's like it's like there's nobody on that NXT roster. I was thinking maybe if they built it upright, him and Damian Priest would be pretty fucking cool because they kind of have like similar you know things, but. 
the only guy I could see right now that would have maybe like a somewhat interesting storyline with with Karrion Cross would be a demon Finn Balor from NXT. I mean, that that's all I could see. I think that's the only guy who's like dark enough to maybe like kind of give him something to work with. I, I don't know anybody else who could beat that guy right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's the whole point. Maybe the idea is that Karrion Cross will, you know, ride off into the sunset for a bit on a high until there is somebody that's worthy and ready, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he is injured right now. He, he separated yeah. his shoulder. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe, like, he goes away for, like, two months. But that's kind of stupid because then who are they going to build up to take that title? And then Karrion Cross is obviously just going to beat whoever takes that title anyway when he comes back. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I think it would be a great opportunity for him to like get some really good promos in um, over time, you know, over a couple weeks, and then someone else can start to build up challenging him, and then they'll be able to slide back in by the next takeover, yeah. at least by then get him, get him back on stage, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, I mean, the one guy who I'd like to see challenge for the NXT title, but he's been gone ever since the whole uh, COVID thing is uh, both of our boys, uh, Pete Dunne. <laughs> Bruh, in, in my head, I'm thinking like that's gonna be the choice. It's, it's Pete Dunne versus Karrion Cross. I can see it now. I support it. I like it a lot. I mean, I like it. I think it'd be a great match because I don't see Pete Dunne putting on a bad match with anybody. Um, Karrion Cross, I'm not so sure. I mean, yeah, he's good and I like him a lot, but he hasn't been around in NXT long enough for me to say like, oh, he can put on a good match with anybody. I think he can. I mean, I think he's good enough, but uh. Yeah. Man, I, I don't, I don't know. And Adam Cole's definitely going to the main roster. I mean, I, I can't see a reason why he wouldn't go up. Yeah, the fact that he, you know, he beat uh, Pat McAfee and he won clean is like a testimony for Pat McAfee to just pack it up and not do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like that McAfee on principle. I think the guy cuts a really unique promo. Um, he was very impressive in the ring. I did not expect him to be that talented, I do not see longevity for this quote-unquote character. Yeah. Because this this character is solely contingent upon, like, two things. One, his legacy in other sports, and two, his hatred for Adam Cole. Yeah. To me, like, yeah. there's, like, there's no need for you to be here after you've lost to Adam Cole, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's basically like the Rob Gronkowski thing, just, like, a little bit more thought out, I guess. It's like, yeah, it's, sure. it's the same thing. And the Rob Gronkowski thing, it's like, oh, he won the 24-7 title and he freaking eliminated Jinder Mahal from the stupid Battle Royal like two years ago. And uh, that's it. I think Pat McAfee's good. He's good. I did not expect him to be that freaking good. No, like, and when he did that freaking backflip off the top rope and landed on his feet, I was like, okay, hold on a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, did we get screwed? Did we get lied to this whole time? I thought this dude yeah. couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he definitely showed up athletic, like on the athletic side of things. I just, I don't think that him losing was the best decision. If they were going to, you know, because who's the heel, first of all? That's the big question in this, in this match, right? Who's the heel? And it looks like, it looks like Pat McAfee's the heel. Yeah. To me. Mm -hmm. And, but, and so the heel lost. Yeah. And, as far as I'm concerned, when the heel loses, it's time to move on to the next storyline. And that's, and that's typical 
for, you know, a big pay-per-view. It's, it's the cessation of everything that's been going on. That's what I love about SummerSlam, and I can't wait to get into that, because SummerSlam was such a fucking turning point on so many different fucking levels, and I'll say this right now, SummerSlam was better than KO. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um. No, no, it was good. I liked SummerSlam. I didn't like. I, I didn't watch everything, but yeah, I mean, I thought. Um. Well, we'll get into that later because we still got a lot to talk about for Takeover. But um. Yeah, for sure. But um. um and I, I think uh, if we want to get into that number one contenders tag team uh, triple threat match with uh, or not the, actually no, I don't even want to talk about that match. That match was garbage. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> and you know what else was garbage? That Thatcher and Balor match was garbage. I did not love it. I you know they put on a quote unquote wrestling clinic. This is why I don't like Daniel Bryan because I don't want to see that. I want to see two dudes calling the fuck at each other, not doing technical grappling and trying to, you know, pull the Dean Malenko yeah. off. It's not your thing, man. Like, Balor is an entertainer. He is a top rope, high-flying, soaring motherfucker. I want to see Sling Blaze. I want to see, yeah. you know, I want to see fucking Coup de Gras. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here for Balor trying to dislocate someone's shoulder with a fucking crippler cross face. I'm not interested <laughs> in that. <laughs> um, um, I, okay. So I like, I like Thatcher. I like Balor. Obviously, you know, Balor's like one of my favorites, but I mean, I don't know. Like the match was good, I guess. I, I didn't really pay attention. So everyone who's listening to this podcast is probably like, bro, you didn't even pay attention and you're talking about it. But it's like, I, the only thing I was really interested in during it for takeover was crossing Keith Lee and then the ladder match. That's like all I was interested in from the beginning. There was, yeah. and it's like, that's because that's the only thing that they put any thought into. Everything else was just thrown together. And to be honest, that North American Championship 5 ladder match was a little soft for me. I'm very happy to see Daniel Priest win and be the North American champion. I think that's a great move for his career. Um, I like that like, Daniel Priest and Karrion Cross both kind of have this like thick, 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 haunting nature about them. Yeah. It's really intriguing. Um, I do not like the fact that he went and got in a jacuzzi with some hoes and was doing fucking champagne bottles and shit. Yeah. I didn't like that. Like, I don't know who booked that shit, but that shit I could have done without. That made him look weak, in my opinion. I felt like we were doing an Andrade, you know, when Andrade was in it. Yeah. I'm not here for that with Damian Priest. I think that Priest has something very special to offer. He has a unique look. He's not a playboy. That's not the character that we've been sold. So it just felt odd, you know? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, and the thing about Damian Priest, like, I like the guy. I didn't like him at first, but, like, the more I watched him, I'm like, okay, like, I like this dude. Like he knows what the hell he's doing and triple H really fucking likes him, which is a, well, that's a plus for him. Cause he's obviously going to do well, but it's like, yeah. but it's like, I feel like he was originally like, they, they call him like a rock star and he's a rock star and he's this, it's like, dude, he doesn't look like a fucking rock star to me. Like he looks like a, he looks like a heel. He looks like a, he looks like a dark character and they play off like the rock star thing. It's like, dude, the guy takes a fucking arrow out of his back and shoots it into the freaking screen. What rock yeah, star? <laughs> yeah. What, what fucking rock star carries around a bow and arrow? I've never met one in my damn life. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't dig that. I don't, I don't like that uh, perspective for him. I don't like that angle. Yeah, like, it made sense at first. Like, okay, he's a rock star. He always, there was promos with him in, like, a motorcycle. But he's not, that's not what he is anymore. He's a dark character. 
he he's like a he's like a Alistair Black. He's like a Karrion Cross. I mean, not that yeah, yeah. not that dark, but like that's what he is, and that's what he should be. Like there's mm-hmm. there's there's nothing else. Sorry, sorry. There's nothing else for him to do. Like I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, Velveteen Dream did not deliver, though. I don't know if he just had too much shit on his mind with, you know, the underage allegations or what the fuck. But I, I didn't feel like we were getting the Dream. I, I was excited because I haven't seen Dream on TV for a while because I fell off on an NXT for a little bit. Um, but, you know, Dream also, they, they kind of, like, don't have him wrestling on it anyway. And I was really expecting Dream to take the show. Win or lose, I expected him to over-deliver, and I just... I honestly was even more impressed with Cameron Grimes than uh, Velveteen Dream. Wait, with who? I didn't hear you. You said Cameron Grimes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who um, I hate. You hate him? Why do you hate him? Because he's like carny folk, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was very, he's very carny to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't dig it. It's just I don't get it, maybe. I don't, I don't get it. I also don't get Bronson Reed. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, I, I've watched Johnny. I've watched Johnny Gargano wrestle for years. I watched him wrestle when he was on the Indies in Chicago, and I've never connected with Johnny until he turned heel. I love heel Johnny. The Wednesday night is the Johnny Gargano I've always wanted. Yeah, yeah. I don't get the I don't get the nickname. Like I get it in like the Wednesday night, but it's like I don't know why he changed his nickname. I don't know. Like I guess because he's heel, but you know. Yeah. I don't I know. Think Johnny wrestling just had too much. Too much chompa attached to it and too much uh, face, too much baby face. Yeah, you know, I like, I love Gargano. I always have. And I like the heel Gargano too. The new theme song, him kind of being like a, a chicken shit type of heel. Like, I like it. That's kind of what he should be. But there's yeah. really nothing else for him to do in NXT. And that's why I feel like the heel thing's cool. It added a little bit more time. But there's nothing else for him to do. Like, what's he going to do? Challenge freaking Karrion Cross? No, he's going to die. Like what is what's yeah. like what's he gonna do? I I don't. Well, I mean to be fair though, Johnny's been there a lot longer, so it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, because Johnny's got all the tops, he's got all the uh, the the grocery list of you know accolades backing him and storylines, and it's his his home, it's his house really. So yeah. carrying Cross is just a new kid on the block. It would be a great challenge. I don't think it would be good for carrying Cross though. Yeah, I. I... That's the thing. Like, uh, we're happy about carrying Cross winning, and it was the right decision to have him win. But when you look at the the guys in NXT right now, I can't think of one person that is like a credible challenge. Keith Lee was the biggest challenge for him because he was the biggest guy, the most athletic, the most powerful out of anybody on that roster. It's like maybe Adam Cole, maybe because would they because because they teased it and we never got it. But it's like, yeah. But like, I I can't see anybody on that roster giving him a challenge right now. Zero. There's nobody. No, I think Adam Cole would be the move if not, you know, if we're not going to do um, a back and forth between him and Keith Lee and we're not going to go Gargano, I think that Adam Cole would be the guy because right now the, uh, the Golden Stable has no gold. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. And everybody was saying, like, I heard some people say Champa, Champa, Champa. I'm like, dude, you cannot have Champa and Keith Lee or uh Karrion Cross wrestle again. He beat him in five minutes. What are you what are you gonna like what a push, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, and he hit him with the freaking fairy tale ending like twice in like five minutes, and then he just got up and like 
ripped his damn head off. I'm like, okay, well, you can't have this guy lose anytime soon. If he beat him in five minutes, there's nothing else for him to do. No, I feel that. Uh, can we just talk about, though, and I, I, I don't want to gloss over this, I don't want to harp on it, but can we just talk about Pat McAfee's swanton bomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who taught him how to do that? I don't know. It was pretty damn clean, though, for the first time to do it. I was mighty uncomfortable when he got on that top. <laughs> he, proved me, he proved me wrong. So I, just, I just appreciate that. Dude, yeah, that and the backflip off the second rope. And he landed and he didn't. He, he was like the cleanest backflip I've ever seen. I'm like, dude, what yeah, the? Yeah. I'm like, we've been, we've been lied to. This motherfucker's probably been wrestling for like two years. Yeah, yeah, he's embarking about, oh, you guys gave me, uh, you gave me two weeks, two weeks. It was like, yeah, okay, kill Patrick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Io Shirai defeats Dakota uh, Kai somehow, with even with assistance at ringside. What are we doing with Dakota Kai? Uh, uh, can we just bury, can we just fucking bury her? Yeah. And, like, never, ever let her see the light of day again. Yeah. Because he, he's not winning, and he's not, he's never been good. I'm just gonna keep it that way. <laughs> but like, she's never been impressive as far as I was concerned. I didn't like her as a face. I don't like her as a heel. Uh, I I don't buy it. I don't think that she's talented. I honestly think that Io Shirai deserved a better challenger. And I would prefer. I honestly would have preferred for you know Io Shirai to like, fucking take on Bianca Belair or somebody like that yeah. over Dakota Kai. If somebody with some charisma and some funk. Yeah. To me, Dakota Kai is like super soccer mom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, I I mean I agree, and even when I did like the predictions for this, I was like, dude, like there's no way Dakota Kai is gonna win that belt. Nobody's taking it. They, there's there was zero. I had zero confidence that she was gonna beat Io Shirai, cause she's not believable. Yeah. And even with yeah. that freaking, I'm not. I don't wanna. I don't wanna trash Raquel Gonzalez. I don't wanna do it. I don't want to. I like Raquel Gonzalez personally. I think she's a great asset to the NFT roster. I think she's got a very good, clean, like stop solid look. Yeah. Nice look. I do not. I really do not care about her helping Dakota Kai. I don't want her to be Dakota Kai's manager. I'm not here for that at all. And I really feel like this whole match was just like kind of a launching pad to get uh, Rachel. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Raquel. Uh, Raquel. <laughs> and to get, to get Raquel and Real Ripley in the same fucking ring. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and, I, and I'm here for that match. That's the match I do want to see. They're going to do this thing where EO and, you know, Rhea are friends and Rhea's helping EO, trying to let her get beat up after the match. And then it's going to be, you know, EO and Rhea versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Cod. And then it's going to be. Like, once we get rid of the children, you know, Eo can go take a nap and Dakota Kai can just go back to picking up the kids from soccer practice. <laughs> then we can finally see Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley, two real women who really want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they want to fight people. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, um, Eo and Rhea for the title is a good idea because I don't think we never got that match, did we? We never got like a, no. seat. yeah, so that's maybe probably where they're going to go with it. But like, I just don't like the Raquel Gonzalez thing. She she does nothing. And even when she showed up, I looked at the screen and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything?" I'm like, "Why is she here? Get her off my TV!" I, but I I don't know. Like, it just made no sense to me. Like, it wasn't. It's not like it was a person who 
you know, we knew from like other promotions. It wasn't like it was some big name who came in and helped Dakota Kai, which it's cool because it's going to build up a new, like a new, you know, wrestler or a new person. But it's like, I don't know. She just hasn't done anything for me from the start. I feel that. I mean, she's working for me. I get it. I, I like her. Um, what I didn't like was the fact that she tried to cheat and help by doing a power slam on Io Shirai, and Io still kicked out of it. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and I, I said it right there when I'm walking here, I go, you gotta do a lot more than that to Io Shirai, because you're gonna cost her the championship. Yeah. Like, that, that move was not good enough. She couldn't sell it hard because it wasn't a good move. It wasn't something that was like record-breaking or groundbreaking. You're not Nia Jax yet, girl. <laughs> you got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. I don't know. I... I love EO. I've always loved EO Shirai. I love EO as a heel. I, I don't know. She's just always clicked with me. I don't know. But, like, I don't. If somebody was saying Shotzi Blackheart should face EO Shirai, and I'm like, dude, like, that's cool and I like her, but not yet. Like, not yet. No. Not yet. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense because they've been kind of quietly building her up, but it's like. Yeah. But it's like, I, I don't know. The NXT women's division, I thought that, like, adding Charlotte to it and, and bringing people from the main roster down there was going to, like, beef it up. But it just doesn't do anything for me. Like, it was so much better. In I'm going to say it. And I know everyone's going to be like, when Asuka was the champion, it made everything feel so much. It wouldn't. It made, every, it made everything feel so much. It made everything feel so much more important, I feel like. And and then Shayna, like, I didn't I wasn't a huge Shayna fan. I know you were, but like I, I still am. Yeah, and I, I like her on the main roster a lot more than I like her in NXT. But it's like or than I liked her in NXT, I guess, but she was even it made it feel important. Even though I didn't like the bitch, um, I I'd still made it feel more important. <laughs> like it made it feel more important. And right now it just doesn't feel important to me at all. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that EO is a strong enough champion to make the division feel strong or dominant. There's a lot to be said about what the champion represents. EO's a little too quiet. She's not a mic girl, and I know she's a good guy, so like she shouldn't be talking a ton of shit. But like, I don't feel like she really represents a strong division as it is. And yeah. So you couple that with a pretty soft roster right now because they're kind of in that weird haze that NXT falls into sometimes when it's like, okay. We're, you know, we got rid of all of our big dogs. They're all off doing big things. So, like, now we got to figure out how to regroup and take the time that we have to the next level. Yeah. And I think that, you know, EO is unfortunately not strong enough to really carry the division in that respect. And, I mean, and, and you don't want to lean on old talent. Like, Charlotte should not be carrying the division. No. She really shouldn't. She, like, there needs to be a new face. But the, the reality is the face that we got, Dakota Kai and, you know, Mia Yim and fucking... Candice LeRae are not, they're not doing it right now. Yeah. Candice LeRae's never done it for me, honestly. Yeah. When she was on the Indies, I and mean, when she was in, uh, I forget the name of the other wrestling promotion where she would, like, wrestle up against uh, uh, guys all the time. PWG. Yeah, I just, I, I was never bought, I never I never got into her. Yeah. And so I just think they need to really reevaluate that roster, but I, they have people there that they can use. They just gotta use the fight. You gotta get Raquel Gonzalez off the sidelines. You gotta get Bianca Belair back in the ring. Bianca should not be dealing with, Sol- with Selena Vega and, you know, Andrade and all that shit. Like, I mean, if she's gonna do that, just have her do double duty because she needs to be, they need her on that roster. Yeah. There was one women's match. There was only one women's match for this pay per view, and it's because. 
we don't have enough women with talent to carry a show. Yeah, I I agree. I just think, and it's funny because. Like when when the men's division on NXT loses like a shit ton of people, everybody panics, and then within like two months, everything's figured out. And then when the NXT women's division loses like one person, they don't figure it out for like a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Walter. I, I, I'm not, I'm listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a huge fan, but like, I think him on normal NXT, like maybe him against carrying cross would be kind of cool. Like, okay, okay, yeah. like, like that's another big dude. And they kind of wrestle similarly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it would mean a lot, I guess. Cause it's another former champion. He was the, well, I guess he's still the UK champion, right? Isn't like, isn't he the UK? Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch, I don't watch NXT UK like at all. So I don't, I, I don't know, but I feel like, I don't know. Okay. NXT UK is cool. I just don't pay attention to it. I just feel like it should be one NXT. Just do one NXT with everybody. I know it's too many people, but like, I feel that. Well, it's just a lot to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get that. It's hard to find the time to get all that put together, but you know, I mean, I, some people have time to sit around and watch all that wrestling, man. You know, if you really just like spread it out about like five days, I think you can get it all in. You all can right. watch AEW, NXT, WWE, to get it all done. And NXT, you can You just got to watch wrestling every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah, yeah every <laughs> single day. And I don't do yeah. that. I don't do that. I used to, but not anymore. <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a mark anymore? I'm still a mark, okay? It's my, it's my damn name. <laughs> But, uh, uh, I I think so. Did we not? We talked about the ladder match. Oh, wait, one more thing. How about that? These, the fucking ladders not breaking every time they threw each other on the ladder. I was like, dude, this is hilarious. I feel like the ladders looked different this time around, too. I feel like they were like a matte black and not that normal polished black. Maybe budget cuts. You can't afford, you know, those. (laughs) Maybe with coronavirus, they can't afford the, uh, the that was when Cameron Grimes pulled out the small ladder. I died laughing. I was like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, no, I, I was like, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, shit like that is carny folks, kid. <laughs> it makes sense that he would have a midget ladder, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a joke. He's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> He's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Is that loud? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What? Having the United States Championship on the kickoff show. Yeah. Apollo Crews is whack. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. He's I'm whack? Tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been defending this man for a very long time. And I just, he, you know, the fact that they had to dig up MVP, <laughs> Bobby Lashley, <laughs> and Stone Benjamin in order to try and build this clown up. And I still felt nothing watching him perform. It's 2007 all over again. Like, he smiles too much, and I, I think he's very talented. This is the really hard part, is that he's very talented. He's super good in the ring. You know, he was, uh, he's actually really good friends with uh, Ricochet, and uh, I think that Ricochet needs to come back and just take his job. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not loving it. And I feel like, you know, he was roommates with uh, 
Akira Sazawa, he's good friends with, you know, with Ricochet. These super talented dudes, all three of them are buddies, and it's like the only one that's actually worth your time is Ricochet. Yeah. And I feel like Apollo Crews, we've been beating a, beat a dead horse with this guy, trying to get a connection, and it's like, it's like The Rock when he first came out, dude. Like, I don't feel it, man. I don't, I don't know what's missing from this guy, but there's something that's off, and it's just not, it's not giving me enough. But I, I do like the faction that he was going against. I do like MVP, Shelton Benjamin, and Bobby Lashley. Is like kind of like all the washed up old black dudes, you know, <laughs> kind of like, going to make a comeback up against the young blood, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it. And I think, uh, like, I, I honestly think that at the end of the day, it's just going to lead to Apollo joining the freaking, um, yeah. the, the, the faction. But here's the thing. Yeah. You can't have a faction with, like, eight dudes. Like, if you keep adding people to it, it's not going to mean anything. Like, after... I guess, but that's it. Like, after that, you can't put anybody else in it. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you're building up to have, like, another golden stable, like, fucking the Undisputed Era, then great, do that. You know, Benjamin's got the 24-7 championship right now, so they're on a roll. But, like, I don't want to see Bobby or uh, fucking Apollo Crews with, with gold. I don't. Because I don't like either of them. I think they're bad on the mic. I think they're stiff in the ring. I think I think Apollo's decent in the ring, but Bobby's super stiff. Honestly, I'd rather MVP be, United, be the world champion over either of those guys. So, if we're building this stable up to be, like, something major... I'm here for it, but you better play it right. Let's keep Bobby's ass as the muscle. I don't know what we're going to do with Apollo Crews. And let's just let Shelton and MVP run everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to cut it off real quick. Okay, uh, so what's next? Let's let's just go to SummerSlam, I guess. So you start. What do you, what do you want to talk about the most on SummerSlam? Can I be honest with you, dude? Like, unpopular opinion. I want to talk about the mandy Sonia match. Okay. Bro, what a compelling fucking story. Yeah. And I was I was I was rolling this shit off while I was watching it because that felt like a WrestleMania match, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Mandy's outfit, Sony's outfit, the promo was fucking beautiful. And then you have you have you have years of backlog with these two of them being friends. Yeah. This is an this is an honest friendship. All of this compiling, like Mandy having been obviously the lesser talented one, Mandy having been the one that got all the attention regardless, Sonya has always been in the background trying to make sure that Mandy was taken care of, and now it's all come to fruition, it's all come full circle, and Sonya's done being in the background. And I love the fact, man, that this started off as a hair match, because yeah. I was sold on the hair match, dude, but then the shit happened with Sonya's house with her getting, you know, the fucking Asian intruder and shit. Yeah. And, 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 and like, and Mandy's there, I don't know if you read the transcript or anything, but, like, Mandy was in the house when it happened, and the guy, like, messages Sonya. Now, this is all, this is all real life. Like, yeah. KK was out the door. This is all real life. The dude messaged Mandy on, or Sonya on Instagram, saying that he was gonna kill that bitch in the house with her, talking about Mandy, and he was gonna kidnap her. Jesus. I read it. I saw it. But it's like, dude, 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 these fucking people, these are the people that give the fans a bad name. Like, dude, get out of your mom. Yeah. That shit happening, though. 
to think about this. That's happening on the one side of things. Then we got to change the that. And then they drive the promos even harder, y'all. Sonya is like, what do you want from me? Like, they're crying. They're going at it. Like, yeah. This is real drama. Real storytelling, bro. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The match was beautiful. Sonya won. I lost leather. Um, Mandy won. Sonya was distraught. She was inconsolable. It was just, I thought it was fucking perfect, dude. I felt like I was watching a WrestleMania match. Maybe it's because Mandy was wearing all white and the stands were full. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think that that was the most SummerSlam match of the night because holy shit, the storyline behind it, the match was actually good. They told the storyline in the match. I just, I loved it, dude. That yeah. was my, that was my yeah. favorite match all night. Yeah. I, I got so hyped, bro. And I'm like, this is why I love wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, and it's funny, and it kind of just goes to show you, like, everybody who shits on WWE, like, oh, they didn't give this person enough time. They didn't give this person enough time. They didn't put enough energy into the storyline. Like, this just oh, kind of yeah. this just kind of goes to show, like, dude, if they want to make you make something feel special, they could fucking do it. Because Mandy and Sonya literally meant nothing before this storyline started. And then you go into SummerSlam, and it's got, like, the most build out of anything on the fucking show. Like, come on. That was my favorite match. I'm not going to lie. Like, I did enjoy a couple other matches, but that was the one that took me to the place where I was like, I love wrestling, dude. I love wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great. Um, and and it, it, that's what I mean. Like, everybody who shits on WWE, and I'm not going to lie, like, I haven't been that into it since the whole pandemic. And I'm a little bit more into it now because with the Thunderdome thing, like, it actually looks, like, somewhat normal. Like, I feel like we're somewhat back to normal. But, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 was, I was happy about SummerSlam, and I think that a lot of the shit that they've done do throughout this pandemic is going to change, like, the foundation of wrestling for a long time, especially with the cinematic matches and shit. Like, we never got that shit before. And then, yeah, no, we didn't. and then they had to go out on a limb because they were backed into a fucking corner. And now, I guarantee you, we're going to be getting cinematic matches forever. It's not going to stop. Yeah, it, no, it changed the, the scope of things. I mean, I don't know if you watched the uh, the WWE twenty four afterwards after SummerSlam, but it, they kind of talked about how like Cena went in on how he had to fucking change. They changed that whole WrestleMania show. And how different it was for what he did with Bray and like going through the ages of WWE. That shit was great. Though. I love that. Yeah, it's it's good for the characters that need it. Like like yeah, like yeah. like a cinematic match for Aleister Black, it would do wonders for him. A cinematic match for Karrion Cross. Could you imagine yeah. like a Karrion Cross and a and an Aleister Black in a cinematic match? Like, come on, yeah. dude. Like that. That's what it's for. And then. Like it, it's for the, the the cinematic matches are for the dark characters. This is yeah, what Undertaker, Bray Wyatt, like those are the guys that do those well. Yeah, and this is what this is. This time right now is the best time for heels in the WWE for dark characters because they can actually invest and put time into it and make it feel different from what we normally get. I, I hear you, brother. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. I think that this is. It's a blessing in disguise because now they're forced to do things differently and to reevaluate, you know, because they can only have so many people and like all these other like restrictions. And it's like, well, how do you get around COVID? You go to performance and you do the performances elsewhere. Well, that also plays very well for someone like the Fiend who has the playhouse. Yeah. Someone 
<clears throat> like the Undertaker, who has graveyard legacy. You know, it, I think it's genius. 100%. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, you know, it, and that's the thing. Like, and I don't want to go back. And this has nothing to do with cinematic matches, but. What do you think they're going to do with Edge? Do you think he'll come back for like, and this has nothing to do with the show or anything, but like, what do you think they're going to do with Edge? You think he's going to come back at the Rumble and win the Rumble and then Orton will have the WWE title and then they'll face each other? Like, I kind of feel like that's what they're going to do because Edge and Orton are definitely having another match. Like, there's no way that's not going to happen. I really hope it doesn't happen. I yeah. really hope it doesn't. I'm over it. I was over it when they were, you know, team rated R. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm over Orton. I've been over Orton for a very long time. I think it's time for him to hang it up. The fact that he's held in on coming next, him next, with you know, seeing us reign, is laughable to me because Orton, you don't have a quarter of the impact that John Cena has. You are internet famous, buddy. John Cena is an icon, dude. And I'm not even a Cena fan, but you gotta respect when someone's. Like, doing something that nobody else can fucking do. You're trying to get to the rock status, Orton, and every movie you've done is in straight video. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can say John Cena in a crowd of all types of people. But if somebody doesn't listen to, you know, wrestling or watch wrestling, or someone doesn't have the internet at their the fucking fingertips all the time and they're not online, looking at memes and shit, then RKO means nothing. Randy Orton means nothing. Out of nowhere means nothing. Yeah. So when I read that that was his intention, that the reason that they're still pushing Orton's shitty-ass career is because they want him to have, uh, he wants to have the same reign, the same legacy with titles as John Cena, I just, I couldn't even wrap my head around that because it seems so ridiculous. And right now we're just giving out participation. I mean, I mean, I, I get you. I, I like what Orton's done throughout this whole, like, it's kind of like a rebuilding of his old heel character. I mean, he's not that different, but I like what he's been doing lately. I think it's, I think it's the Orton we should have, I think it's the Orton we should have always had. I don't think we should have ever had a face Orton. I don't think we should have ever had uh RKO out of nowhere Orton. I think he should have always been a shitty heel because that's what he is. Yeah. I just think that it's run its course. Like, you're the legend killers. Now we got to bring back Tom Michaels and Ric Flair because there are no legends. Everyone's, everyone's like, too old or they're too, they're gone. It's, so we're bringing back legends in order to make Randy look like the legend killer. And then now we're wasting Drew McIntyre's time making him a good guy so that he can take on Randy to defend and be the white knight for these legends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I'm over it. I don't, why are we building up Randy? Why are we focusing on Randy? Randy has had a long time to build a legacy, and I think that he needs to take a backseat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, I think, man, I, I don't even know. And now, like, I'm, I'm off the SummerSlam topic right now because I'm like, shit, what were we talking about? But, uh, I well, think... We were just going through the matches. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think that the way they ended Orton and McIntyre was like the best way they could have ended it because there's definitely going to be more to the whole, like they're definitely going to have another match. And even though I don't want Orton to beat Drew, I feel like he's going to at the next pay-per-view if it's payback. And, and, and by the way, fucking payback is on Sunday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> back to back. I'm... No I'm so confused. I was watching. I, I was. No idea what's going on either. I was watching Raw, and I'm like, wait, wait, payback is Sunday. I'm like, this Sunday. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, it was just, it was just freaking SummerSlam. I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, uh, just to get back to the match, though, I will say that it was clever to have the finish not involve either guy's finisher. Yeah. Because I didn't see that coming. That was, quote, unquote, out of nowhere. You know? Yeah. Uh, McIntyre doing the backslide pin for a win. Yeah. I just, I just don't care about the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about their rivalry, you know? Right. And that, that's, what, that's what's hard for me as a fan. It's like, I want to give a shit. I gave a shit about... About the Bailey Oscar, uh, Sasha Oscar match, I did because I fucking am very interested in that storyline. Those friends, I care about the Braun Strowman theme match because obviously this has been a long time coming. There's a lot of storyline behind the two of them, and you know it's like it's not over yet probably, but it was a really good way to kind of put a bow on what's been happening. Right. Um, Drew and Randy, I just didn't care about. That was the biggest problem for me. Yeah, I wasn't interested. I even care more about Dominic and Dominic and Seth Rollins. I was like, because that's been built for like months, dude. They yeah. Building that. Mm-hmm. So that like, when is Dominic gonna get in the ring and go to blows with Seth? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think. And, and like the Kendo stick deal, like that, that all got me really riled up. I love that, but I just I can't with the Drew thing, man. I I think. I don't know, man. Like, everybody was happy when Drew won the title. I mean, I was... I mean, when he won the Rumble, I don't think I've been that happy for a guy to win the Rumble, like, in a long time. And he won the title, and the way he won the title was fantastic. I think the Brock finish was great, and I was like, okay. And I like Drew as a champion, but I don't I don't know what it is. Something, something about his reign during this whole thing, like, I don't care about him as much as I did before he was the champion. I don't know what it is. I love Drew. I think he's great as a champion. I think he is the he's guy. A good guy. Yeah. It's, he's boring. Yeah. He's boring, man. And you know what else is frustrating? They keep harping on the fact that he was at the top and then fell off. And you know what, buddy? You're back at the top. So, like, I don't want to hear HBK talking to anything about, you know, you come too far, bro. Like, shut the fuck up. That shit is old news. We know that he came into the company. He got put on a pedestal. His head got big. It got taken from him. He's back. He's on top. He's got the championship. What are you going to do now, Drew? What are you going to do now? Because you can't, you can't fight Vince McMahon, buddy. And you can't talk about that storyline. Because Vince is only heel in that storyline as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. From Drew's perspective, Vince is a bad guy because he took him off TV because he didn't feel a connection. He wasn't delivering. You can't fight Vince Mahal. Vince's not on the TV right now. You can't fight those guys, man. Let's talk about why you I care now yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, and don't make it because you're defending HBK and Ric Flair's honor. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, um, I I agree. I think uh, I think Drew as a heel right now would be the best option. I think he's a I think he's always been a heel. Like I know he's a face on you know for his character as the champion, but to me, Drew's always been a heel. When Drew was with Dolph Ziggler, like I cared a lot more about him then than I do right now. You took the words right out of my mouth. You took the words right out of my mouth, dude. Amazing. It's it's he was great. Yeah. He was interesting. He was intriguing. He was mysterious. The dude would just show up and fucking claim more somebody. I bought into that dude. Exactly. Yeah. And he didn't say shit. He didn't say anything. He said like two yeah. words. It was he like smiling and kissing babies. Yeah. And it's like 
I don't know. And I, you know what? I was fucking excited when him and Drew and Dolph were going to have a match and that was going to be like his first defense. I was like, holy shit. Like they're actually going to do something. And then like it was one match and then that was it. Like he just, that was it. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, dude, you could have built up Drew and Dolph for a fucking WrestleMania. I'm not a huge Dolph guy. I like him. I think he's good. But Drew and Dolph could have been built up for WrestleMania if they did it the right, if they did it the right fucking way. If if Dolph was the the baby face again and Drew was the heel like he was originally, like you could have. I mean, they could have had Dolph come in at number one in the Rumble, last all the whole way through, like they did with freaking Chris Benoit, like they did with Rey Mysterio. Have him finally win the Rumble. He wins it. He gets his way to WrestleMania, and then he just has to. He finally fights the one guy who fucked him over in the beginning. Like it would have made a hundred percent more sense. No, I feel you. I dude, I would gladly have taken a Drew versus Dolph storyline over this, but this is again the problem with WWE and the self-serving factor of Vince and Kennedy McMahon, because Vince, Vince wants to hang on to Randy Orton. Vince thinks that Randy is valuable and there's collateral behind him because he sells fucking t-shirts and he gets hashtags. But Vince, you're the only one, buddy, because those of us who've been here were bored with Randy. And putting, putting Drew in a, in a face position is not only a poor decision, but it's also a selfish it only shows what you want to see. You want the big Hogan Mustos good guy, and we're not interested in that story anymore. Yeah, we're not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm over that. I'm over the big giant good guy. Yeah, be a big fucking bully. Yeah, exactly. That's what Drew is. And no guy, no guy that fucking looks like that with hair when his hair's over his face. It looks like he's killed fucking forty people in his life. That's not a face. He's good. I don't know how to explain it, man. Drew's a different breed of athlete. He's a different breed of wrestler. There's not a lot of people like him in professional wrestling. I'm sorry, but there's not. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, why don't you look at this guy from AEW in the Dark Order or some stupid shit? But it's like, Drew's a different kind of guy. And I've always thought that, and everybody has. And now they're like, oh, he's finally going to win the title. He's finally going to win the title. He's finally going to win the title. You know what you fucking do with Drew McIntyre if you want to make him important is, well, first of all, we can get to Roman Reigns in a little bit, but I feel like injecting Roman Reigns into a storyline with Drew McIntyre, especially right now, and even though they're on different brands, I fucking get it. It it doesn't make sense. But it's like if you inject Roman Reigns into a storyline with Drew McIntyre and you make something of that match like it should have fucking been at WrestleMania 35 and it meant nothing. If you inject him into a storyline with Roman and you want to keep Roman a babyface because, and that's a fucking stupid decision too. Roman should have been a heel two years ago because he's always, he's be a heel now. yeah, he's be a heel now. yeah, no, he's definitely, he's definitely going to be a heel and I'm excited, but it's like, if you want Drew to be a heel and you were going to keep Roman as a babyface, what you fucking do is you have Drew start off the match as a babyface. You build it up 
and be like, oh, we're going to we're gonna freaking have it. We're going to go at it again. You know, we didn't give the fans exactly what they wanted the last time, but I'll give you a shot at my title. And then you just have him fucking brutalize Roman Reigns. You have him beat him within an inch of his life. You have him claymore him right into a fucking ring post. And you have him leave him lifeless and don't even have him pin him. Just have him fucking take him out. And Drew walks out of the ring, throws the title over his shoulder, and walks to the back. Now you're back to exactly what Drew McIntyre should have always fucking been. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen though. You know, it's not gonna happen, but it should. <laughs> it should. I think it's a great idea, but now they gotta roll with this. They committed to this Roman Reigns villain, man, and that's the thing because the fans have been dying for it. And what a time to give us what we've been asking for. Yeah. The only problem, I, I, I swear to God, that was my second favorite moment of the night next to the Andy Rose uh, match. That was my second favorite moment because I didn't even realize what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I fucking didn't even realize that Roman had returned. I'm like, who is he? I, was like, I look up and I'm like, Roman's on TV, cool. And I'm like, what? Roman's on TV? <laughs> <laughs> and, what? I mean, it was just great because he beat the shit out of both of them. He didn't show any bias and he was talking shit. I will still say he needs to work on his talking shit. Yeah. He wasn't the best. Trash talk. I, could, I really wish that there were actual fans there to kind of drown out, you know, the sound of what he was actually saying. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like only, like, two people are really good at just, you know, ad-lib talking shit. And I would give it to uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. Those two dudes are still through and through. And you got a moment for some ad-lib. Those dudes will own that shit. Yeah. Like, the, the Roman heel is still going to take some work. But he did the thing. That we wanted him to do, which is that he showed up and he gave a fuck about anybody except for himself. He came to show that he is the rightful champion. And you know what? Thank God for COVID because it pulled his ass off TV and he needed to take a fucking break. We needed to miss you, Roman. We needed to see the floppy jalopy yeah. of Randy Orton. We needed to see the weak ass production value of Drew McIntyre as a good guy to really come to appreciate. They're like, okay, you know, Roman's not the best, but if you make him a bad guy, we will buy it. Yeah. We will buy it. Yeah, I think. So, I love that moment. I don't really give a shit about who wins between uh, Bray and uh, Braun. I, I really didn't care. I, I know that it was nice to, you know, have a put a bow on that. You know, it's always nice to kind of wrap that up if it's over. Um, but I really, I can care less. If, if, if the thing would have won or if Braun would have won, I wouldn't have cared. I just wanted to see them fight each other. Yeah, I I uh, I wanted the fiend to win, but here's the thing now. So so if Roman is a heel, like f through and through, yeah, I'm happy. That's great. But you can't have a heel Roman versus a heel fiend. The fiend is never going to be a face. He's always going to be a heel. So how is that going to work? Well, I think it's, it's a triple threat. It's Roman as the heel fiend, who is the the, the love heel, the polarizing heel, and then you got Braun Strowman, the good guy. Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> That's what it's got to be, because the, the heel is always going to be, or the Fiend's going to be a heel, but the Fiend's always going to be everybody's favorite heel. Yeah. I love the Fiend. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess, I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I don't know if we're getting another draft, so to speak. So everyone, my friend has been telling me that they're doing another draft, but like, I haven't heard anything. Have you? Uh, no, but I also, I don't know. I don't really, uh... Look into. I didn't look into anything like that. I, I don't know if we need another draft. I I don't know what's going on or who's on the show anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of like like I don't have to commit to memory. Like I will tune in and see 
who I'm going to get to see that night. I know in the storyline, what the storylines are, but I've kind of given up on the, the draft of the different brands and shit. Because once Charlotte and Finn both went to NXT, in my head, it's like, okay, here we go again with the superstar shake up and Vince just doing whatever he thinks is a good idea this week. Yeah. Um, oh, I just looked it up. There is another draft. Triple H confirms WWE will be holding another edition of the draft. It has been delayed, but it will be taking place in October in the Thunderdome. So we're getting it. In October, Jesus. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? That's like two months away. Why the fuck are you going to... Are you guys busy? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't... I don't know. And, and, and like, here's the thing, and it's going to go off on SummerSlam a little bit because it doesn't really, like pertain to it but if adam cole is going to the main roster with the undisputed era um like i'm happy because he should have been there a while ago but do you think they call up the undisputed era with adam cole or do they call the adam cole up by himself i don't think they should put those guys up at all i, I, I think that would be a terrible idea i think that's bad for business i think that yes adam cole can very much stand alone I do not think that, but so like the WWE universe has never bought into Adam Cole alone. He showed up with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. And I think that they need to stick to that until that group breaks up. For and that's going to be an amazing breakup when it happens, yeah. But up until that point, I think that I think that you you have them do a standard ass, you know. Get to the fucking ring and everybody just beats the shit out of Drew McIntyre. It's horrible. Yeah. And, and 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 Adam makes this claim. He's coming for that championship. He's now on the main roster, and everybody needs to fucking sit down and bow to the undisputed era. Like, yeah. I, I'm ready for that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that the factions that we have on Raw right now are carrying the show. Uh, I think that. Um, Seth Rollins as a Monday Night Messiah, his faction is very, very tenuous. It's not consistent at all. I don't know. Is is it just Buddy Murphy now? Or, um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What What happened? What happened with freaking um Austin Theory? Like, is he just gone? Did he? I don't know. Did he like die? I, I like I like he just disappeared. I yeah. I have no idea. But you know, so we got that, and then obviously. You know, the, the strongest faction is Selena Vega and, uh, you know, uh, Andrade and... Angel and, Garza. Uh, Angel Garza, but, like, even that, I feel like they've, they've been ineffective at times. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. And, and there's been dissension where, like, that moment where we found out that Selena Vega was the one who had poisoned, um, you know, the, the, the drink. It was, like, almost like Andrade was like, why would you do that, you know? Yeah. And it's just awesome. Shit like that. I, there's no, there's no solidarity right now, man. So I think that if we put the the undisputed era on Raw and we have them go after Drew, I think for one, now Drew really can be a good guy. Yeah. But he can still be an asshole because he can beat the shit out of these dudes and like all of them, and it's still gonna make him look strong, you know? Yeah. Um, I I think he should lose to Cole, and I think he should go away. I think he should come back as a heel. Yeah. That, that's just my, like, trajectory of what would make the most sense because this is him working what we got right now. And in this, these trying times, we need a strong champion in order to get viewers in because people are not interested in Drew McIntyre as a big guy. That's why people are falling asleep in the Thunderdome. Yeah. Um, wait, so you think Adam Cole should come up now and beat Drew for the title, like, immediately? I think we need... If, if I'm booking it, bro... I'm, if I'm booking it, Randy lost, right? Yeah. Why are you still here, buddy? Yeah. Hit the bricks. 
yeah. Three hours, and then we just do a fucking undisputed era invasion. And uh, uh, even better, dude, even better, put undisputed era into re- retribution or make Roman the head of retribution. I don't fucking care. But like <laughs> somebody important needs to be in that group, and they need to just dominate and take a championship. Yeah, I I heard a lot and, of people. And sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but we'll go off retribution. Okay, we'll go off retribution for like a little bit. So that thing is cool and I like it and I and I think it's something different. But I also think number one, there's way too many motherfucking people in that thing. We have no idea. Yeah, we have no idea what's going on. So either a, they're just gonna keep doing this bullshit and we're never gonna get clearance, just like the stupid fucking hacker storyline that we never got a fucking conclusion to. When they were doing that, uh, it was like XTV or something on WWE, where like the camera would pop up, and it was like uh, it was like clearly a security camera. Yeah, you just see like sneaky shit going on in the back room in the nineties, and like never got any clarity on what the fuck that was. No, storyline was like, and if you listen to Bruce Prichard on uh, something to wrestle with, he literally says they like like Thompson uh, asking his, his co-host asking he's like, "What happened with that? What happened?" And, and Prichard goes, "Honestly, uh." He just wanted to do something else. He said it was a bad idea. He didn't want to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we're, we're at the behest of this man, you know? Dude. <laughs> but I do hope that they wrap up the retribution scenario because there's three different really cool ways they could do this if you think about it, man. We still got CM Punk as a fucking ace card in our back pocket. Yep. Don't tell me CM Punk ain't coming back to WWE. And CM Punk is a cult leader. He's an amazing fucking cult leader. Yep. Put his ass out there with retribution. Yep. Or, or you go with Roman. I think Roman was great in the field. I think it's about time that Roman be the head of a faction versus just being the strong arm. Uh-huh. Or you do the Undisputed Era thing. The only thing with the Undisputed Era is that, like, you are, you're really doing some, like, corporate ministry shit because yeah. whoever the other people are, you're making a big-ass group now. You know? Yeah, that's, um... And that's cool, and I think all those would work. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that they think that Ciampa's going to be in Retribution, but that's obviously not going to happen now because he's coming back to NXT on Wednesday, I guess. I saw, like, a promo for him. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I like I like the Retribution thing, but I feel like this is just another way for WWE to build something up and then fuck it up. And that's exactly, I'm they that's exactly what they're going to do. I mean, you have, like... You literally bring out 30 people at a motherfucking time. Like, why the fuck do we have to have so many people? And you know that 90% of those people don't fucking matter to this storyline. Not It's only probably going to be like four or five people, girls and guys, whatever it is. So I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I like the Roman idea. I didn't think of that, but I really like that. If he's going to be a heel, like... That would be kind of cool, and it would build off his shield storyline. Like, I was in the background, and now I'm the fucking guy, and you're going to respect me, and that's how it's fucking, like, how it's going to fucking go regardless. But I, I don't know, man. I just hope they don't fuck it up, and they probably are going to, so. <laughs> I think they did confirm that the girl is uh, Vanessa Bourne. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I don't know about, I just, I, I don't know who anybody else is. Yeah, I... I don't know. I think that the Roman thing is the best move for this scenario. Yeah. I think that if we do that, um, we're giving Roman finally an opportunity. And they don't have to, like, Retribution doesn't even have to, like, the only time that they make sense in the ring to stick together would be if 
you know, it is an actual faction that's active, but there's no faction that we fucking beat with right now. Yeah. So, like, it could literally just be like, hey, we're a bunch of fucking people who got put out of work because of COVID. WWE didn't call us. They could do the Renee thing. Nobody called us, you know? Nobody called them. We had COVID. Poor Renee. Get fuck out of here. Okay, life needs life. Uh... But so, <laughs> Charlie's like really. Charlie Russo's so ready to take her job. <laughs> Dude, I I agree. Um, <sighs> where the fuck is Xavier? Yeah. Like, with, what, tell me why Xavier Woods is not gonna have so a moment of retribution with Biggie. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think so. When it cut off before, we were talking about like who should be in retribution, and uh, you brought up Tyler Bate. And uh, I, I like that idea. I think I don't think they they're gonna do anything else with Trent Seven. I don't think they're gonna do anything else with Tyler Bate on NXT or NXT UK. There's nothing else for them to do. So I think I like it, and I like Pete Dunne in there too. If it's Roman, British Strong Style, Vanessa Bourne, um, how many people? Alistair Black. Alistair Black would be cool, but I I I don't know. I mean, I like it, but. I don't know if they'd put him in a faction unless he was the leader of a faction. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about him being a leader of a faction. <laughs> you're like Mark. You're, <laughs> you're like Mark. You're <laughs> stupid. I, I like Alistair, but to be honest, that series of promos that Vince had to do it, I did not like. That and the Mojo Raleigh promos were like, why are we doing these vignettes? I'm yeah. not interested. I don't, I don't want Alistair Black to fuck. I like Alistair Black that kicks people in the head and sits in the style in the middle of the way and stares at their court. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know what? We'll go off of, uh, I guess, Raw. I don't know if you watched it. Did you watch Raw? No, I didn't. Okay. I did not. Okay, well, I didn't watch all of it either, but they did like a Kevin Owens show with Alistair Black. And Alistair Black came out and he had an eye patch on because, uh, you know, whatever, he got his freaking eyeball ripped out kayfabe by um, Rollins and Murphy and whatever. And so they're yeah. in, they're on the talk show and they're just talking. And then all of a sudden, like Alistair Black has a fucking eye patch on, like I said, like Patchy the Pirate. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he just fucking flipped the fuck out and he beats the shit out of Kevin Owens. Owens falls to his knees. He just black masses him and walks out. Hey, thanks for pulling that from me, but that sounds like a great show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had to talk about it. You brought up Alistair Black. No, no, you're right, no. I mean, but yeah, dude, I mean, just imagine, though. Imagine if, like, all this time, like, Alistair has just, like, been with Retribution because he's sick and tired of, like, seeing these losers who definitely do not have the skill set that he has sitting at the top, man, you know? Yeah. Or, I... Like, dude, like, where's Jason Jordan? Yeah, well, he can't wrestle anymore. He's re- he retired because of his neck. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, he's well, there you go. he's like a backstage consultant now. Like, uh, but there's I mean, there's Elias. Where's Drew Gulak? Chad like, Gable. Dude. Chad dude, Gable. Fuck, 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 little tiny Chad. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I love Chad Gable. I think he's gr- he's destined for greatness as a singles guy. But I don't know. No, not Shorty fucking G, Chad Gable. Shorty G, man. And then, you know, and we're supposed to be getting the Forgotten Sons back or something, which I'm looking forward to. Ooh, I don't like the Forgotten Sons at all. Ah, see, you just, I don't know what's wrong with you, but, you know, you can't be perfect, I guess. But there's just so much untapped potential waiting at WWE. Lars Sullivan, like, 
I mean, dude, the list just goes on. And there are some dudes that you could literally give them a, just give them time on the show by putting them in retribution, and it will pay off dividends because you can just say like Roman just commanded them to go fucking like Roman just commanded you know uh, fucking uh, uh, Lars Sullivan to beat the shit out of Apollo Crews and take the championship, and it just happened. Yeah, imagine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that we're really, really on the brink of something, and I think it would save the program if they did that. Yeah, if they actually put a bunch of time into it, which it looks like they're doing because they're basically ruining every show every fucking week. So, like, at least they're putting time into it, and I hope that it means something. But man, they better have, they better have the ace, the king, the queen, and the fucking jack all in their back pocket for this storyline because when it ends you need to have this thing mean like so much. It can't be a bullshit ending. It can't be like a yeah. Nexus ending. Like that stupid yeah. fucking shit where John Cena just freaking ate the whole Nexus in one night. Like it has to mean something. It has to be a huge fucking leader or it's somebody who's not huge now, but builds themselves up to be somebody we either fucking love or we hate. And then going up against one of the biggest guys on the roster, whether it's a Cena coming back, whether it's a, uh, a Roman Reigns, uh, you know, well, he's going to be a heel, so he would have to be in the group. But whether it's uh, a Seth Rollins if he goes babyface again, whether it's, uh, I don't know, an Edge when Edge comes back. Like, it has to mean something. <laughs> you know what? It, oh, dude, I just thought of something. If Edge, when Edge comes back, um, if Roman is the leader of Retribution, and Edge somehow, you know, puts a team together and combats them, then you could have, like, the spear versus spear thing, Edge versus Roman, heel heel Roman versus Edge. I don't know. I feel like that might work. I mean, but why Edge, man? (laughs) I, I personally believe, this is my personal opinion, and maybe I'm just, you know, a dick. And I only want to see new dudes, but like, I feel like when you come back from being told that you couldn't wrestle anymore, you better do a strong run and don't ever go away again. Yeah. Because when you go away again, Daniel Bryan, when you go away again, Edge, when you go away again, Randy Orton, we don't care anymore. Because you aren't reliable. You're not Brock Lesnar. You don't get to do that with me. Yeah. I only got room in my heart for the fucking beat. Yeah. I only got room in my heart for the rated R superstar to come and go. I don't have room. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't, don't play with my emotions. <laughs> um, you know what? That's actually, I'm glad you brought up Brock Lesnar because I didn't even think of him. And he's going to be. No Brock's going to be in retribution. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. But, um,. It's kind of interesting because he's going to come back soon, I heard, because they said Roman and Brock were on their way back. So Roman's back. Now Brock's probably going to be back soon. But what is Brock going to do when he comes back? Well, he lost to Drew, right? Yeah. So he kind of, I, I, you know, I don't know. Hopefully they put him back with Heyman. Dude, I, I really... Like important. Oh. I miss Heyman promos. Yeah. I feel like that was, the, that was something I look forward to on my Monday nights. Um, I don't know. I mean, it also depends on what the state of, you know, the show is at the time. Because you still, I mean, I honestly would probably love to see The Fiend go against Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God. We're on the same page. I literally was I just going to say it. that. Yes. I would love it. I love to cut promos about The Fiend. Yeah. 
I want it. The same way that he, the thing he, he started to do it with Finn Balor. Yeah. Balor never hit the demon. And the same way that he built Balor, because Finn came out there and he said that Finn Balor was the biggest threat to Brock Lesnar because he's a mystery. Yeah. So Finn is definitely a mystery because he changes everyone that he takes on. So how do you change a beast? With the fiend, that's it. There's nobody okay, else. Like, what's it gonna look like? You know, um, the, the limit, but the problem is this: is Brock Lesnar gonna play ball? Because we all know that Brock Lesnar is gonna pull his eighth card, his trump card. And he's gonna say, "That's not me. I don't want to do that." Mm-hmm. And the thing and is, he will take his ball and go home. Yeah, and the thing is with Brock, like when Brock wants to make a match look important, he'll fucking do it. He did it yeah. with. He when did he it. Give a yeah. Ugh. He did it with he did it with Daniel Bryan. He did it with AJ Styles. He did it with like those matches were he did it with Taker. Well, those match he did it with Balor even. I know the match was short, but that match was fucking good. The ending Brock did not want to do that he showed that Yeah. He beat the shit out of Randy. Yeah. Oh dude, the Brock and Fiend, if if Brock comes back, shows up on and you know what's kind of cool is I think a lot of people haven't talked about this, but the Fiend on the first episode of the SmackDown from the Thunderdome, Vince McMahon was out in the ring and then yeah. and then the Fiend, you know, came out and like kind of terrorized him. And who's who's the one motherfucker that 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 Vince McMahon can pull out of his back pocket to show the fiend like you're not gonna fuck with me? And it's Brock fucking Lesnar. Well, technically, typically it'd be the Undertaker. Yeah, but eh, not right now. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like that idea. I like the idea. I think Brock has still got it in him. I think he's still a great performer. And I think that they're so different in characters, it would be masterful. Can you imagine Bray Wyatt in the in the playhouse? Talking shit to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, dude. Fucking. With like pictures of Brock and Paul Heyman behind him with their eyes crossed out. Yeah, bro. Stop. Come on. Stop. Come on. <laughs> I'm getting too fucking excited. Um, dude, and could you imagine? Like, we've never seen Brock Lesnar get squashed before in his life. He's never been in a match. I mean, besides Goldberg, but fuck that. I'm not talking about that. But um, could, oh could you imagine Brock coming out and this is his first match back and they build the fuck out of this match and then the fiend just fucking destroys him? Yeah, I can imagine that. That's the world I want to live in. That's what I want. And I, and I love Brock Lesnar, but I think that would be gold. Yeah, I no, really do. I just see Brock Lesnar because when Brock Lesnar likes to come, Brock Lesnar wants to make a match look good, he will. I just see Brock Lesnar with that look of terror on his face. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know? Exactly. It's the best, dude. Dude, that's that's what they have to do now. Anything else with Brock Lesnar is not going to work. You have to do the Fiend and Lesnar. And nah, they won't listen to my shit. They don't listen to this. <laughs> I man, my shit, our shit is too smart for WWE. They won't listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say though, I'm back in love with the product because of what SummerSlam did. It was very, very reinvigorating for me. I, you know, I, you know, I was saying home on isolation, and so I said I was going to make a point to give wrestling another shot with the time that I have, and I'm glad that I did because it was worth it. They didn't fucking disappoint with SummerSlam. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, and uh, man, I don't know. I and the thing, and I guess we didn't really talk about the Fiend and Strowman, and we still have other matches we have to talk about, but um, like. 
the Fiend had to win that regardless. It didn't fucking matter. There was no way Strowman was fucking winning that. He's been a shit champion. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's, it's been shit. And yeah. and the Fiend should have never lost the motherfucking title in the first place, especially to fucking Goldberg. But don't get me on Bill, okay? I don't have time for Bill today. No, I can't. But it's but it's like... He never come back. Oh, he's coming back. You know it's going to happen. If he does, just let him wrestle Matt Riddle and let Matt Riddle squash him, and then that's it. Go away. Yeah, exactly, bro. Oh my god, dude! Let yeah. him, let him fucking do the Dolph Ziggler type of thing that that they did. What I mean, Goldberg still fucking won, but have him run out for a spear, get fucking hit with a knee, a bro to sleep, pins him, and then just goes out of the ring and looks at him like, bro, like, dude, that's it. They'll never do that to, to Bill Goldberg ever. You're crazy. Of course they're not going to do it, but they should. And Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle, on the other hand, that dude's a fucking star in the making. He's already a... Dude, I would have loved to have seen Matt Riddle versus AJ Styles over AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. I'm so done with Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm not even interested <laughs> anymore. I'm, I'm not, man. The WrestleMania comeback, I gave his ass one more shot with each and that party returned at WrestleMania. I gave them one more fucking shot. And after that title reign for them, I had thought it was trash. I was not interested. And Jeff Hardy is my childhood favorite wrestler. And it's time to hang it up. Yeah. Um, I I mean, listen, I like Especially Jeff. With Pat doing <laughs> um, I like I like Jeff Hardy, I always have. Um I'm glad he's the Intercontinental Champion, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know it was the best decision, but I, I like Jeff Hardy, so I'm never gonna complain about it. But, um, I, I think they're doing like the King Corbin and Matt Riddle storyline, which, fuck that, it's not important enough for me to have it be a storyline. All he did was fucking eliminate him from the Rumble. Yes, it's long term booking, so you know, high five to you WWE. But like, it doesn't fucking matter. King Corbin hasn't done shit. And it recently and neither and Matt Riddle facing fucking King Corbin. Like, dude, no, fuck that shit. Mm, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I personally have a very strong bias, uh, to, uh, Mr. Corbin. He is one of my favorite athletes and wrestlers and characters on the show. Yeah. But I can understand how, you feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, I just think that Jeff has had his time. Yeah. I, I could see it. And I, they're probably going to do Jeff versus Matt Riddle and Matt Riddle will eventually win the title or whatever. But, um, what else do we got to talk about on SummerSlam? I guess let's talk about Dominic and, uh, Seth. Seth Rollins. Absolutely. What a, what a great concept. Yeah. I'll start with the concept. Conceptually, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I didn't care for, I don't know, the amount of weight that they were putting on the idea of uh, Ray being at ringside and not participating or not doing anything. I knew that that was inevitable because I knew that Buddy Murphy wasn't going to sit by idly and watch this match, you know? Yeah. So there was that, and I also just did not I, – I already struggled with Ray Mysterio – I have for quite some time. But Dominic is compelling. 
Yeah. Dominic is Dominic is worth watching. I think that he has a lot of potential. Um, and I think that this is a great opportunity for him to kind of showcase that. I, I'm guessing that he's going to become a regular superstar at some point. Didn't care for his uh, ring attire at all. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't know why you wear a, a full head zip hoodie yeah. to a yeah. wrestling match, but you know Seth made light of it, which worked out for the story. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't really buy the whole, you know. Oh, I need you. Let me do this, Dad. Like thing. Like no. Like this man took my fucking eye, and now he's trying to fight my kids. Dude, yeah, I, I think I think the whole Monday Night Messiah thing is good for Seth. I think it's been good for him, you know, from the beginning. I don't like everything that they've done, but I do like it, and I think it's put... And by the way, Seth Rollins' fucking ring gear, that was the freaking homage or homage to fucking Rey Mysterio's Halloween Havoc gear was fucking dope. Yeah. Like, I loved I that it. gear. I hated it. <laughs> I <really> <laughs> I was like, why? What are you, the Riddler? Yeah. <laughs> I did not love that ring attire. I, I liked uh, it because it meant something. If it's some, if it has like, and I got that. Yeah. Um. I, I got that. I just didn't like it. The aesthetic wasn't for me. I Put think. Yeah. I, I think. Uh, I think that that this Monday Night Messiah thing is not going to go much longer. I think it's kind of at the end of its rope, and the only way to end it is to have Buddy Murphy versus Seth Rollins and have Murphy go over and then you got Murphy as the big fucking star that we know he can be. And that's just how you have to do it. There's no other way. Yeah, my only real issue with that is that I do not want... uh, I do not want face Seth Rollins ever again. I hate good guy Seth. I like Seth when he's chasing the title. I like Seth when he's angry. I think that he's really good at being a dick. Maybe he'll take some time off to go be a dad. Who knows? I don't... I don't think he has to go back to being a face, even if he loses to Buddy Murphy. I mean, Murphy can go, can be a face because he was a face yeah, when he came absolutely. in. So if I like Murphy is a face, yeah. yeah. So if Murphy beats Seth and stays a, or it goes back to a face, and then Seth stays a heel, like you can do that, and then Seth can just become an even bigger asshole and do whatever the he wants to do on his own. I don't know, or recruit somebody else. I I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel that I. I just, I don't like the idea of obscure Seth. Yeah. I think that Seth has a lot of talent, and he's one of those guys that kind of always needs to be at the top of, of what's going on in some capacity. Even if he's not champion, per se, I still think that he needs, like, if Seth isn't champion, then Seth needs to have a faction. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, What else do we have for SummerSlam? I think... We did Drew and Seth, or Drew and Wharton. We did The Fiend and Bray. We did Seth and Dominic. We did... Fucking Mandy and Sonya. I think the only thing so, did we miss any? Go for it. I know. Go the ahead. Only thing we haven't really talked about is the Oscar match. Oh right, right. Matches. No wonder. No wonder we didn't talk about that because there's really nothing to talk about. But anyway, um, go ahead. You say your piece on it because I didn't really pay attention to either of those matches. So. Huh? Breaking up. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Fuck. Hello? Hold on, hold on. 15 years? Yeah. For the past 15 years, Brock has been the consistent, the, like, 
one remain mainstay of Vince McMahon's arsenal. He has not changed. Yeah. He has not wavered. He is unscathed. And I think it's time that they came face to face. I think that that is that is worth talking about. The fact that the thing is changing everybody. Yeah. Brock Lesnar never fucking changes for anybody. We can get a little bit past kayfabe. We can get real with this shit and talk about how Brock Lesnar has never changed because the dollar amount has never changed for him. It's only gotten higher. So he knows that he can't. He can be whoever he wants to be. We can talk about Brock Lesnar deciding to leave and come back as he pleases. And the thing can say, you know, that he has been here this whole time waiting for Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It That's the best thing you could do for Lesnar. Um, I don't really see anything else for him. I mean, I guess we're probably going to get Lesnar versus Keith Lee at some point. I mean, because they- why? I just feel like they're going to do it. You know they're going to do it. God. And, and I want to see that. I really like the idea of a Lesnar versus Pete Dunne match. Not like a storyline, but I like a match idea between the two. I think Lesnar and Pete Dunne could work great together. Yeah. But I, I don't know, man. It's got to be The Fiend and fucking Brock Lesnar. There, there's nothing There's nothing else. Fiend and Aleister Black is the best. The Fiend and Karrion Cross, which... By the way, they've said shit about that on like the WWE social media accounts. I think somebody po- somebody posted like when the Fiend and Karrion Cross finally cross paths. Um, yeah, sign me the fuck up for that right now. Yeah, I'll be there for that. Like, I'll be there for that. I think that's when you take Scarlet and you really get her in the mix. And and they kind of made Alexa Bliss like a new sister Abigail for the Fiend. So uh, so. Uh, now that was brilliant. I gotta say, I really enjoyed that because, that, and that's what I love about Alexa is her versatility, man. Because she can be a heel, she can be a women's champion, she can be a face, she can be Nikki's best friend. You know? Yeah. She can do it all. Alexa, Alexa Bliss is very well on her way to being the next Charlotte Flair. Yeah, I, I, I said it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I know I'm not a huge fan of Charlotte. I think she's a great in-ring performer, but I've just never liked her because I felt like they give her everything. She deserves it, you know, but... Let's call it what it is. She's the John Cena of the women's division, right? There you go, yep. But she's fucking good, man. Charlotte is convincing. She will cut a promo, and it will bring you to your knees. And she's got the look, man. She's got the look. She should be the gold standard. She should be hated by everybody. Yeah. Like, I saw a tweet someone said to Charlotte. Someone tweeted her and said, You know, where are you? Wherever you are, please stay there. <laughs> and, she re- and she responded. She said, I would, uh, what did she say? I would address that. But one day someone is going to put a mirror in your room and you're going to see how ugly you really are. And that will be punishment enough. And Damn. I screamed. <laughs> I screamed. She, dude. Yeah, the A. Hey, see, you 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 might be a better. Yeah, see there. See you got your you got better takes than I do. At least your shit fucking happened. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Fucking. Um, well, I don't know. So like, we just talked about Charlotte. I guess let's talk about Bailey versus Asuka and Asuka versus Sasha. So what did you think? What a queer situation. <laughs> what a weird, unique, peculiar moment for women's wrestling, right? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was cool. Um, I, I definitely thought knew that Asuka wasn't going to win both, but I had a feeling like she was like she couldn't lose both of them because then it just looks like she's awful and she can't win both of them because that would be stupid. So I think they did the best possible outcome that they could have done. I disagree. <laughs> I don't. Here's so here's the only reason why I do like it. I like it because okay, let's do Bailey and, and Sasha one more time and call it quits, right? Let's just. One clean, good match. This friendship has been built up and shot down and built up and shot down and built up and shot down. We're here again. Let's do that. Here's what I don't like. I don't like Sasha losing and Bailey winning because Sasha is better than Bailey, And that's my biased, honest, accurate opinion. No, that's accurate. And everyone else is wrong. Sasha is better than Bailey, And I understand that that's probably why they had her lose. That's probably why. But I didn't like that. I did think that Oscar was going to have a clean sweep because that's. I feel like that is the norm with WWE, that they stack the odds against a face and then the face comes out on top. I like that it didn't play out that way because, yeah, now we've got room for drama. I just don't like the idea of, Sha- of Sasha ever losing to Oscar, especially on a night where she was already tired and she had already, you know, fucking beaten one person. Yeah. Um, I think I, I like the way that they did it. I've been beaten by one person. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like the way that they did it because I feel like obviously we're going to get Bailey versus Sasha again. It's going to happen. Like that's why I think that's why they had one person lose the title and one person keep it. Um, Bailey keeping it and Sasha losing it. It kind of flips the script on the original storyline that they had because Sasha was the heel and Bailey was the huge baby face. And now like Bailey still has the title Sasha lost. So Sasha can be pissed at Bailey and they could just flip this and do Bailey as the heel and Sasha as the face. Now we come full circle and you just fucking end it right there. And we never have to hear about it again. Yeah. I just, like I said, I don't like the idea of Sasha losing on a night where Bailey has already won. And I also feel that, I, th- I thought that conceptually it was a bad idea anyway. Yeah. Because why are you giving two matches to Asuka at a time where you have so many other deserving women on the roster? Yeah. That you could, like, and I, I just feel like Asuka has over and over again been reinstated as, like, Vince McMahon's fun toy for, like, you know, to get the crowd hype and get, like, everybody cheering for the women's match because everybody loves Oscar for some odd reason, although, like, she doesn't even speak English. And to be honest, I think she's a little sloppy sometimes. Yeah. Um, But I just didn't understand why we were giving Oscar two matches and Shayna Baszler is not doing anything right now. Yeah. That pisses me off. That really pisses me off because I think that, uh, I think that Shayna is a fucking amazing performer. Yeah. And they had that match where it was going to decide who was going to get to face, you know, one of the girls. And I feel like Asa already had a guaranteed match. So why are we giving her another opportunity? Just uh, um, it's like overkill. You're just shoving her down my throat. Yeah, I like it. And I like, okay, I get what you're saying. But I also feel like maybe they gave Asuka the title so that Shayna can take it off of her. Because Asuka versus Shayna 
is a good ass match. Like I, I think it is. I think it, they both have like that martial arts style. They're both like a hard hitting style of, of performer. I think it would work perfectly. But they're busy like coaxing Shayna and you know uh, Nia Jackson. Shayna came out on the in a, on the on the uh, SummerSlam pre-show. And she just said like shit like Nia isn't interested in anything except for me. Nia's obsessed with me, and it's like I don't I don't I don't mind the Nia Shayna rivalry. I think that'll be fun for sure because they're both bullies. Yeah, but. I just feel like Shayna is on the main roster and we need to do things with her that are going to be prolific, that are going to continue to build her legacy because she is so she is what Ronda Rousey should have been, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, no, no. Like, yeah. Ronda coming out in the fucking kilt and smiling and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing this fucking deal where she's beating the shit out of Stephanie McMahon. Like, I was like, I was on board with it because I bought into Ronda. I liked her yeah. as, a, as a performer because she played... She was uh, she hit hard, and you can tell that she was not there to like joke around. She was coming from a strong background. But Shayna, what Shayna is a dominating force. She is a bad bitch, man. Yeah, yeah. I feel like women like Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley, you do not waste their time. You don't waste. You put them on TV every week if you can, and you let them cut their own promos. You let them fucking show off because. Those girls are well-rounded. They got unique looks, and they are going to fucking deliver. And the fans love them. Yeah. Love them. They love to hate Shayna. They love to hate Shayna, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's so great. The booze are just, I mean, it's just crazy. The internet hatred of her is beautiful. And I would love to see Shayna versus Bailey because I feel like they look alike. And I think you got to Oh, I wish I could name this fucking episode like the Bailey twins or something, but I can't. <laughs> you know that they look confused. When Shayna first hit the market, when she first showed up in NXT, I fucking sent it to one of my wrestling groups. I go, anybody else see that this is heel Bailey right now? Anybody? Anybody? Dude, I, I love it, man. Yeah. I'm here for it. I just, I, I felt like the ma- the matches were really good, to be honest. I will say that. I think that Bailey has come so far that making her a heel was a really good idea for her character because now her in-ring ability has gotten a lot more interesting because she's not doing that stupid, wacky, wavy, inflatable people thing yeah. in the middle of the ring. And I'm like, who do you think you are? Like, you, you look like Macho Man, Randy Savage on fucking opiates. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I did not want to see Sasha lose on a night that Bailey won. Yeah. Especially after Bailey beat the hell out of Asta. That's like that's like saying like Sasha, you're so bad that a beat up Asta still won. And I know that they're gonna spin it that like Bailey didn't hold up and help Sasha the right way. Yeah. Because you know, Asta went for the thump and Bailey protected herself. Mm-hmm. And so Asuka was able to rebound and beat um Sasha and the same thing happened in the Sasha match. But uh, in the Bailey match, but Sasha took the bumps for Bailey until Bailey was able to get the, the pin. But like, regardless, I just don't like making Sasha look weak at the like in order to push this storyline. Yeah, I I agree. And I was talking with my friend about this. We were I don't know I, we were talking about the Bailey and Sasha thing and and, and Shayna and Ronda and I had an idea of like well Ronda oh, Shayna's not doing shit you know Ronda's not doing anything. What if Hear me out. I don't know. I have a kind of an idea of what you could do. 
So the women's tag team titles mean absolutely nothing right now, right? They don't mean anything. Well, yeah, because they're well, they're on they're on the the, I, the golden best friends. Yeah. So here's what you do: you don't have Shayna doing shit. Ronda's gone. So do this: have Ronda and Shayna team up because they already are kind of a team. You know the whole like four horsewomen thing, um, the actual four horsewomen, not the freaking four horsewomen in WWE. Um, and you have Ronda and Shayna team up. They win the tag titles. They beat the fuck out of everybody. Make the tag titles feel important. If you put it on Shayna and Ronda, they're gonna feel important. Like there's no way that they wouldn't. So you have them to keep the tag titles for a long fucking time. Then one of them eventually turns on the other. Regardless of who it is, I don't care. Ronda could turn on Shayna. It would probably have to be Shayna turning on Ronda. I don't really see it working the other way around. So Shayna beats the fuck out of Ronda Rousey, puts her in the fucking, what the fuck does she call her submission move? What is it called? Ah, uh, uh, fuck. Uh, I forget, dude. Uh, uh, oh, I know it and I can't think of it. The uh, It's a clutch. The Karafumi the, the Karafumi clutch or Karafuda clutch, I think that's it. Um, uh, yeah, so she puts her in that Rhonda passes the fuck out and she's like, hold on a minute. I won championships in MMA. I was the world champion. You were just a second rate piece of shit who never got your potential and you're going to choke me out like that. No, fuck that. Then they build it up, build it up, build it up. They eventually one of them just, they just drop the tag titles. So one, one of them costs the other the match, like every other women's tag team fucking does, somebody turns on the other person. You build it up and you do Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler in a match, and then that's it. That's how you got to do it. I think that's the only way you make those tag titles feel important. You make Shayna feel important. You make Ronda feel important, and you bring some shit back to the women's division. So, what do you think? I think that bringing Ronda Rousey back right now is not a good idea. Yeah. I think that she needs to take some time off TV. I I do not think that she would comply with being side by side with Baszler, even though they're friends. I feel like she would want a bigger spotlight. Um, I think she's like a Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and I also like I like the idea of Baszler getting ultimately to this this you know ultimate place where she is doing a main match with Ronda. But I feel like let's cut the bullshit, man. Like, if we're going to bring Ronda back and we're going to do Shayna and Ronda, let's just get right to it. Like, yeah. Ronda talks the crazy shit. She beats the shit out of Sonya, you know? Or, well, Sonya's gone, but, like, that would have been great. She would have beat the shit out of Sonya. And then she could have just been like, you know, I'm the I'm the MMA champion. I'm the queen of space. I'm the real fighter in this fucking women's division. None of you have what I have. And then, and then, like, she does this for weeks, just choking people out. Let her choke out Nia. Let her fucking choke Oscar out. Let her choke out Charlie Caruso. Let her fucking choke everybody. And then suddenly, one night, she's out there running her mouth. And then you hit Ronda's music. And then you set that up. Yeah. I think that, I think that is a more, because to be honest, like, Shayna doesn't need to be a tag team champion. She doesn't play well with others. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's kind of her personality. It's like it's kind of like her. It's like her skill that she doesn't play well with others. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think, I think you play off of that man. Like she thinks that she's hot shit now because she's coming up to the main roster and she's choking everybody out left and right. You put a thick package together with some lip biscuit music. <laughs> and the lip biscuit music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a sucker for the early 2000s, late 90s. Me too. Yeah, my way. You gotta, my way, bro. 
There you go. Yep. Yep. And I just think you use that music. You use that music for Beta's vignettes. You use that music for Bezer's uh, vignettes for when she's fucking, you know, talking trash in her fucking pickup truck pulling off. She's blasting that song. And then you use that song at motherfucking WrestleMania when she fights Ronda. Damn. They're not going <laughs> to. Damn. Now I want it, but they're not going to use old ass music. I just can't see them using it. No, of course not. No. No. But, like, jump on Amazon. I will say, WWE finds good fucking music, though, bro. Yeah. NXT always has the best soundtracks. I think the last five takeovers that I've watched, I downloaded the theme song. Yeah, takeover. <laughs> Dude. I'm working out to that shit, bro. I'm with that one, uh, what is it, Blood in the Water? Oh, I still got that on my gym playlist. Dude, there. takeover always has the best theme music. Yeah, that's because Hunter's not playing, man. Exactly. Playing. Yeah, and he then, knows, uh. Like, he knows that, like, his fan base wants, like, hard rock shit. Yeah. Know? That's what WWE I, I should do, be. I do like the idea of getting to Baszler versus Ronda. I really do like that idea. Yeah. Um, I, think that that would, I think that's inevitable with both of their track records, you know? I like the idea. I would love the idea of Sonya, Baszler, and Ronda at some point, you know? Like, yeah. You just got three chicks that are known for, like, they're the Steve Blackman's of women's wrestling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> The Steve Blackman's of women's wrestling. What the? You fuck? know you got your Ken Shamrock and your Steve Blackman. Damn. Know? And your Brock Lesnar. Ron is the Brock. Uh, Steve Blackman's definitely got to be Sonya. Ken Shamrock, we can give that to Shana. You know. Oh my God, I'm a sucker for Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was my favorite in when I started yeah, watching. Man. Dude, he used to punch himself in the fucking head. Like, what? Uh, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. I don't really think this guy is here with us. He might be Benoit on the inside as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not the Benoit. Oh, shit. I'm not going to say anything else to that. No, no more, no more Benoit. Um,. You know what? Maybe we could do like Dark Side of the Ring reviews. I have, I haven't, but see, everybody's done that shit already. Like, it's. Oh, bro, I watched the fucking Macho Man, Dark Side of the Ring, and Miss Elizabeth. Holy Dude, shit. Dude, every single one of those Dark Side of the Rings were fucking phenomenal. I'm not going to lie. I've been dragging my feet on the Ben Wallen because I think that Bruce Pritchard did such a fantastic job on his, on his uh, podcast talking about that story. That I don't want, like, I don't want it to get convoluted or tarnished. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. But, but I mean, this, that's why there's any association with WWE. So they don't really care Dude, about protecting no. the, the, you know, puritanical opinions of WWE. But I definitely want to dive into the rest of those episodes. Yeah. Dude, the, the Owen Hart one was phenomenal. They did one on Owen Hart. They did one on, uh, I think the last episode they did, well, it was the Owen Hart one. But before that, they did, like, one on the Brawl for All. And they talked about they talked about how like everybody got fucked up, like every single guy in that tournament got fucked up. And I I didn't know anything about it, but man, that that was like my favorite one because I didn't know shit. Like I knew what the brawl for all was. I remember Butterbean knocked out Bart Gunn or something like that, and I'm like, oh cool. But then I was like, dude, that shit was insane. Like apparently that was just a huge clusterfuck right from the beginning. Yeah, that's what I, I've heard that. I haven't really heard much else about it, so I might, I'll probably end up diving into that episode as well. <sighs> All right, well, I think, I think we covered everything. I don't, I can't we think. We definitely covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, yeah, we're talking about like shit from like a year down the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, you know what? I think the next thing I'll get you on for, I mean, if you're down for it, I said I was going to do like a career retrospect, like for a year of somebody's career. And I mean, I was going to do the undertaker in 99 and you said that was your shit. So maybe the next thing I get you on for, we'll do like a retrospect of the undertaker in 99. I mean, the corporate ministry and everything. I think that, that, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do next. So I'll, I'll contact you when we get the, to get that going. (laughs) I mean, I am in. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I think we covered everything and, uh, you got anything else you want to say before we cut it off? No, that's it. I'm good. All right. Well, uh, that's it, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about on wrestling for at least like two months because we've covered just about everything. But we'll see. Um, thanks for coming on, man. I know you like doing this. So, you know. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, guys. I'm out.